many things as I possible. think when it comes to a niche, you just have to ask yourself, if I got, if I got to do something and if money wasn't an issue, mm. if I had all the time in the world and I, you know, I have all the resources available, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? <laughs> What would yours be? <laughs> Bro, I swear, I'll probably start a restaurant by then. I'll be starting oh, yeah. three restaurants. What kind of restaurant would you create? Uh, what, what kind of restaurant? Because, like, there's so much. Just yeah, there's cuisine so many. Is, so, so there's so cuisine, many types of cuisine. In cuisine, in cuisine wise, like, I, I specialize, like, not specialize. I... Welcome back to another episode of the Nogat Less Man. We are back again here at Life Gymnasium. Today, um, I am joined by the familiar faces. Hey, it's Mr. Yellowbeanie, Shock23. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it's your boy, Sammy Boys. Uh, on Instagram, Sammy Jake Griffin. AKA Florence's husband. <laughs> yes! Hi, Florence. <laughs> Hi, Florence. I love you. You're gonna marry me one day. These are my, this, if, if we, when we get married, these are the groomsmen you'll be seeing at the hotel. This is basically our selling point. This is yeah. where the podcast is. Making its rounds. Done. We're selling some meat online. What? <laughs> you didn't know that? No, what? <laughs> Whoever Florence is out there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Any, no, I'm kidding. Uh, today we're going to be, um, it's just us, so we thought about uh, talking about something that's relative to our field. And um, Sammy's here to sort of observe and ask questions wherever he feels like he wants to know more of. Um, yeah, especially since he's starting his own business. Yeah, so in the, in the entrepreneurial aspect Space of things, well, yeah. yeah. So I, I in, if you don't know me, my name is Matthias. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> I, uh, I run a small um, business as a side hustle um, for like photography and video stuff. I've worked with a lot of prominent clients um, over the years. I'm not trying to sell myself, but, but <laughs> well, own yeah. it. I'm just stating own facts. It. <laughs> own it, boy. Own I'm it. Just facts, you know, how you interpret it, that's up to you. Okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, what I find is like in the industry itself, there's a lot of um, struggles and challenges that's not really talked about a lot. Mm. And uh, today is yes, me and Chan. Chan's also um, a creative graphic artist in his own um, world. Arguably the best in the country. It's perfect. perfect. Uh, it's, it's not a competition, but anyway, he's up there. I want to say thank you. I don't, I don't know how to respond to those kind of compliments. Uh, no, but it's, but it's, thank you. it's I work true. Hard, so if that is the perception, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry. Sammy, I'm sorry. I can't. Me and Jamie just naturally joke to yeah, each other. This is a terrible seeing, idea. Seeing, so. him, seeing him very, like, very professional, I can't take it. I'm sorry. What? Fight. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy is, um, is a chef. Yeah. Yeah. And he does his. Um, he just started. I just started catering. Uh, how is it going for you so far? Uh, it's actually going uh, because it's the beginning. It's a bit slow. But then I'm trying. It's building up faster than faster than I like thought of because uh, I'm. But this food's really good. Because I'm. Yes. <laughs> it's Guys. the curry, mate. It's the curry. Because one one month ago, one month ago, I didn't really think uh, I'll have plenty of customers like I do have like I do have now. 
uh, UPNG, like the UPNG area, the staff members are always asking me for food, asking my dad, like, when's the next time Sam comes? And um, it, it's, it's just like, it's just, I'm just very blessed to, I'm just very blessed to be starting, starting off something where I can show my own skills, uh, be, who I, be who I am and all the food I, be who I am, be giving food to the people I care of. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it's food. <laughs> food, like everything in the world, like things you hold will disappear, but then food will always be there for you, period. <laughs> definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. But this food's really good. Do you have a page? Uh, no, not yet. You should. Oh, we can reach him on his Instagram. We'll put his Instagram below. Yeah, but seriously, it's, his food is really good. Yeah. You try his curry. His curry is the best. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say the nasty <laughs> things. <laughs> um, Jesus. But moving on. So the first topic I want to sort of tackle is the um, struggle of getting clients. Like if, if someone were to start in like the creative space, yeah. um, obviously the, the biggest challenge is to uh, get clients and maintain those clients. Yeah. What would be your like um, take on that? Like if they just decided to go in blind, like if it's a side hustle or like a main business? Say a side hustle, let's just, cause like, a lot of people pursue it from a side hustle perspective and then eventually becomes full-time, right? Yeah. So say if we wanna say someone's really good <clears throat> at uh, making, say Sammy making food, for example, mm -hmm. um, how would you go about, um, you know, starting initially? Okay, um, from my perspective, social media is the thing right now. It's just the best way for you to market yourself at this point. So creating a social media page on either Facebook, on Instagram, even on LinkedIn, even though LinkedIn's a bit... Yeah, know, LinkedIn's... LinkedIn's not really my thing, but anyway, it's, it's a really good place to... What you want to do is really just promote who you are. Well, not really mm. promote who you are, but just promote what you do and... Just using, because social media is free anyway, that like you don't yeah. have to pay someone to create a website. It's basically a website for yourself and it's just the easiest platform to uh, promote your services and what you do. True. And I think for the important part is to really showcase what makes you different mm -hmm. because there's so many people who are doing the same thing as you. So you should go in with the mindset that what do I bring that's different or what's, what do I do that's unique or that's yeah. better than somebody else? Mm. And then, because you will always, there's always competition and you basically oh, yeah, people, yeah, cause like customers are gonna, your potential customers are gonna ask in their heads, why should I hire yeah, you? Why should I? Why should? And then you have to have an answer for that question and then use your page to promote that side. Mm. So that's why niches are important. Like niches are the particular kind of thing that you want to go after because once you promote that niche then people know you for that right. particular talent and if they have a need in that area then then you'll automatically they'll you'll automatically be the person that um they yeah. remember when it comes to that kind of niche it's uh, i mean picking out just a niche part i struggle with that yeah same honestly because because you're just so good at everything. Yeah, yeah, not not really. <laughs> like I try to make, I try to make, no. create as many content as I can. Mm, like I'm doing do. this video format, and then I also do like other stuff, and then I take pictures. So yeah. it's like 
when someone tells me um, what niche or to like niche it down to a specific criteria, yeah. Yeah. it's really hard for me to say, oh, I'm, I'm specialized in this and I'm specialized in that. And it's good to specialize. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of benefits to it. You get good at it. Like, you get really good yeah. at it because you spend most of your time, <laughs> you focus on it, you get more, like much better results in terms of the output. Yeah. But if you're starting, I would suggest not niching, like try to yeah. get into it's, as many things as I possible. I think when it comes to a niche, you just have to ask yourself, if I got, if I got to do something and if money wasn't an issue, mm. if I had all the time in the world and I, you know, I have all the resources available, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? <laughs> What so would you, my, 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 what my, would yours be? Bro, I swear, I'll probably start a restaurant by then. I'll be starting oh, yeah. three restaurants. What by kind of restaurant would you create? Uh, what, what kind of restaurant? Because, like, there's so much. Just yeah, there's cuisine so is. In cuisine, wise, like, I, I special, like, it's not specialized. I am. What I'm do you more, love to cook? I'm what would you love to cook? On Indian food. You mm. would love to do an Indian restaurant. Indian restaurant. Bro, it's like, it's the, th the thing is, it's because of the spices. Like, you see, like, different types of cuisines. You see uh, European cuisines, you see American cuisines. It's all uh, cheese, steaks, and like it's just salt and pepper. Yeah. When you go to Indian uh, salt and pepper, when you go to Indian cuisines, you have garam masala, you have uh, ah, cumin, okay. you have uh, uh, what's it called, um, star star anise. This guy name dropping now. Shit. Sorry. Like I understand it because I watch MasterChef, so, so I'm you like, have yeah, all these yeah, others, okay. all the other flavors and all these other spices. I'm telling you, <clears> if I had all the money in the world, or all the like, had all the money in the world, all the time. I would have an Indian restaurant. Or if somebody paid you to do, just like, just live your life, but look then at, that would be that. Oh, done. Yeah. That's and it. like, the butter chicken, I, the butter chicken I make, the trick, like, I, I, I've been playing around with the butter chicken for probably an, a year now, trying to figure out how to make it. How to get it right. How to get it right without more expensive, because making butter chicken is expensive. You have to buy Greek, the traditional way, you have to use Greek yogurt, well, not traditional, but you have to use Greek yogurt, you have to marinate it, you have to fry it. You have to um, put in all the different spices. I played around with the ingredients and I found a more secure way to make it and I sell it to you guys for a much cheaper price. Yeah. Which, is right. what I'm trying, which is what I'm trying to do with all the dishes I can find. Make it, use really cheap yeah. ingredients, but then use, uh, do it in a way that makes it taste expensive. Remind there you go, me that's innovation cooking. right there. It's just like, and that's like, especially in entrepreneurship, you really need that kind of innovative yeah. thinking because you're gonna start off with absolutely nothing. And you have to. You have to. You don't have. You, you have the the dream. Maybe like I, I had all the resources, but you the reality kicks you in the oh, yeah. you know the rear end, and it'll be like, mate, you're broke. So you have to be creative <laughs> with what you have. I mean, I I I started off with like in my account. Like, I won't tell you the the amount, but I I started off with my dad. My dad gave me allowance, and I used to survive on that allowance. And that allowance helped me. That allowance helped me to make certain foods. But then, whenever I'll go back down to a certain budget, I'll always rely on my dad's money, mm. which is. And then it got to a point where I got tired of it. I wanted to be something. But I wanted to do better. Yeah. I wanted to do That's better. That's bad business as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I wanted to do better. And then I realized. I, I realized that I'm. If at some point he's not gonna be there, yeah. he's not gonna be there. I'm gonna be doing it on my own. So I have to start somewhere. So I. So I picked, I picked up where I left up. I chose, dif I chose different types of uh, ingredients. I tried different, type, uh, different types of uh, like styrofoam packs, the ones I use over here, mm. plastic. I, I started using plastic, I started using styrofoam because they're, they're cheaper. Yeah. 
but then I'm gonna the um, once I get to a certain budget, like once the yeah. bu- business has gone gone past, I'll be doing I'll be asking for you know custom made, you know, custom yeah. made labels, containers, label containers, labels, no. stickers on it. Nice, yeah, stickers yeah. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's all. That's that's it. I just wanted I just wanted to do my own stuff. Yeah, without, the key is to start. Yeah, but that's the exciting part. I mean, I think if you're not clear, because like some people, like me, I'm just not someone who's just like my life is all figured out. Like some people are just born with it. They're just like they've known what they wanted to yeah. become they for a very yeah, and like they see they have a really clear vision of who they want to be and. And they have a very clear path of how to achieve what they want to achieve. <laughs> I think it's very hard for us creatives because there's not a lot of um, like educational institute for us to train in, nor is there like a clear path. That's one of the things that I personally struggle with is just finding that roadmap to get to where I want to get mm. to. And there's like, oh, I have to take, is there a certain certification or a course I need to take? And then, oh, yeah. and if that's like, well, what's the next stage? How do I become where I need to become? Even learning my own craft is very difficult as well because there's so many things I want to learn and I need to learn and all of them are interconnected. And everybody's like, you need to invest this many amount of hours. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of time and I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. shortcut and trying to, you know, just do a lot of things. But starting off and if you want to, like, that's the exciting part because even if you don't, know what your niche is right now you can figure it out and that's the exciting part because that opens up to a lot of experimentation and in the beginning especially when you're starting and you're trying to get customers that's the very best part for you to start experimenting and start making mistakes make mistakes like mistakes are your best friends they're the fastest way to learn to grow and to become better make mistakes test what works what what doesn't work like look at your passion what you're interested in and then just you know go with it and see if you can um, capitalize on that and make as much money you know but then by experimenting and by constantly <clears throat> trying new things, you'll start to see that you start to go in a particular direction. Yeah. You start to enjoy something. And by doing that and you love it so much, then, you know, there's a really good, well, I can't remember who says it, but they say, if you love doing something, you shouldn't be doing it for yeah. free. And then that's it. You can find, when by having that clarity that, oh, this is what I want to do, this is what I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. and this is what I want to get paid to do it, then you can start um, shaping and molding your social media and basically your brand to fit that niche and it's like mm-hmm. this is why I'm this is what my business does I only serve this kind of food I will I want to do this and then you only attract those kind of customers or you only target those kind of customers the benefit with a niche is that you can own a market space Ooh. when you own a market space there is literally no competition which means you control pricing you cannot compete on price you cannot compete on quality because you own it that's why niching is so powerful and so important you find your clarity and he's like, this is the only kind of thing that I can do. And I'm the only one who can do it so good. You can charge premium prices. You can control the market. That's how powerful a niche so, is. So like for my the curry I make, I, like for, I, I'm not boasting about it. I feel like the curry I make is one of the best I could, like best in PNG. So do you think it- That kind of attitude is good, but it's also dangerous. Yeah. Because if you keep thinking that way, you're gonna, there's a danger that you're gonna become, have an ego that's gonna make you complacent. That's the, that's the, that's the thing I'm trying, I'm trying to like get out of, like get that out of my mindset is like the ego part, like the food I make could be better than someone's and I could go and rub it into a different person's face, the, the different person's face that can do way better than me. Yeah. But I'm just trying. I'm like you know, just trying to it's bring it, tone it down. It's good because you have confidence in yourself yeah. that what you're producing is good. That's good when it comes to quality and when it comes to selling yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you know, like what I really love about Gordon Ramsay, he's like he's a very arrogant person as well. But he has the skills to back it up. And oh, yeah. every person who has that arrogance, and he encourages arrogance. Like when you watch Hell's Kitchen and MasterChef, 
he encourages, but he gets up and he tells the people, like, you can be arrogant, but you got to have the skills to back it oh, up. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. You can be arrogant, but it's your, you have to bring the oomph. Mm. And an easier way to keep your ego in check is just to let other people, let your work speak for itself instead of putting words in other people's mind and let your customers dictate. Because it's so easy, it's like, it's very dangerous because all that good compliments and coming can get to your head. Like we as creatives, we struggle with that as oh, well. Yeah. And we have to like tame ourselves and calm ourselves and be like, because you just don't want to be complacent mm -hmm. at all. Because when you become complacent, you start taking shortcuts yeah. and your quality goes down. You go lazy. I mean, yeah, so, exactly. Shortcuts, shortcuts, like, shortcuts can really bring your business down. Yeah. That's why having an attitude to learn and to grow and constantly aligning your whole life towards that attitude is important so that even when you think you reach your peak, there's always something else to learn and there's always something. It's always good to remind yourself that you can be the best today, but there's always somebody coming up, there's always learning yeah, from better. you and trying to be better with you as yeah. well. So it's just, if you're aware of it, it's good. It's better that you're aware that you are at a, like being, your ego's threatening you than it is to be blindly and just go rubbing it in other people's face. You don't really need to do that if your work speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, speaking of ego, <laughs> I, when I came, like, the sidetrack besides the work ethic and everything, uh -huh. like, when it came to ego, I had the worst ego in the gym. I used to come to the gym, think, like, when I saw Chan, the first time I saw Chan, I was like, he can't even lift that heavy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my life. I love it. I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> this is before. This is me before. I'm not telling you. I'm not. I'm not dissing anything. It's okay. But... I already unfriended you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was like, because um, when I came back from uh, when I came back from Samoa, I was I was skinny and I had like I I, I felt like because I could t I was skinny but I could take I could like tackle bigger players than me. Uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'm the man. I'm the man. I came to PNG then. Like my sister, my sister like slapped it across my face. She's like, "You're a bitch, you know." <laughs> it's like you're not strong compared to all these other players. I'm like, "Okay." Started coming to the started coming to the gym. That's when I started to realize that. That's when I started to realize that ego won't get you anywhere. Once you fuel your, fuel yourself with ego, your e ego can either destroy destroy your goal or you can take you down a different path. It's just the easiest way to fail and stay failing. It's the easiest way to fail. Ego when is you... ooh, fail and stay failing. Yeah, because you don't, you refuse ego to lifting. learn. Ego lifting? Yeah. Because basically we've been, um, like the whole theme of our discussion so far has been about accepting responsibility yeah. and accepting where you are. And if you won't, you won't come to that point until you humble yourself and it's like, okay, I'm in the shits. Like I need yes. to find a way out. And if you deny, like deny all of that, that's just, that's your ego talking. And then it just keeps you where you supposed, where you are and you don't grow, you don't progress. It's sad for those people who have an ego and don't know that they have an ego because yeah. oh. they're so that's blinded that's basically what an ego does they, it just yeah. blinds you to it's yourself like, it's like you tell yourself a lie over and over again because you believe when it. you believe that lie that becomes yeah. the truth and that's the, that's the sad thing some people know they and it's very, it's very dangerous it doesn't help you in any way it makes it makes your life so miserable and one-sided yeah. and you become small-minded eventually and that's a great segue to the um, the next topic, which yeah, is conversations just flowing. Keep it going, keep it going. Well, I wanted to touch on because I mentioned this to you earlier, and then we sort of like touched the mm -hmm. basis on it. But um, when you get into creating, and then you become good at it at some point, and you start charging people, and um, you sort of grow, yeah. and you see that you know people give compliments and all of that. Mm -hmm. Some part of you will believe that. Yep. Some part of you 
well, not believe that. Mm. Oh. And, and like, as a, as a being a creative person. I was talking about imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah, okay, let's do this. Imposter syndrome. We may, I struggle a lot with that. And I still do to some extent because I feel like, I don't know, I'm my worst critic. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, I read a few about it while I was uh, waiting for you guys to come here. Mm. What it said was, it's not like a psychiatric um, problem. Yeah. It's more of how you perceive yourself. It's a mindset. It's just yeah. a way, yeah, it's perception. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like, to, to help yourself, you have to sort of accept that you are good, but you're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. This episode was proudly sponsored by Jordan Saladi at Jordan Saladi Arcade. What was it? What was it? Was that? Sully85.com. I'll drop his website below. Go check him out. He's an amazing architect and deadlifter, and we all call him Papa Jordan, and we love you. Thank you, Papa Jordan. We love you. Peace. Progress. Yeah. I think that's a better way to see it, is that you are making progress. So for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's a usual, it's a kind of, it's a mindset, it's a perception that a lot of creatives, especially creatives suffer. It's just the feeling that I'm not good enough um, or I'm not as good as other people think I am. And you can, you can be, you know, you know, you, and there's so many people, so many creatives have, there are people who have received so many awards for the work that they've done. They've, they've done so much, but they just still don't believe that they deserve mm. it and they all have, they've earned it. Mm. And they, that really quick cripples and affects their life. So it's just a way of thinking that even as good as you're getting, you just don't feel like you're as good in, enough as you, what people say. So it all comes down to basically how you see yourself. Yeah. And if I can go deeper, it's really based on your childhood and how you grew up. Yeah, go deeper, please. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically about how you were raised. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Sammy. That's why we don't want Sammy on this podcast. Yo. <laughs> Too much curry for you. (sighs) Yeah, but anyway, basically you just have to... We all have this voice inside of our heads that tells us whether we're good or not. Like It's it's like Mm. our self-esteem, our self-image. And that voice that some people are so confident, they, you know, mm. that voice tells them, oh, you're the man, you, you know, you're amazing, you're impossible, you can do no wrong. Or sometimes it's over, sometimes it's very healthy and they're like, you know, you got this, you have the goods, the, the confidence, the drive to achieve. Yes, you have flaws, but you're working on them. And then some people, it's just like really bad. It's like, you're shit, like you're oh, yeah. nothing, like you're not good enough. It doesn't matter how much work you put on. And those kind of voices you need to, if you someone who suffers, I mean, Sorry, a lot of that is just from how you see yourself, your perception mm. and your identity. What? And you need to recognize those voices in your head that tell you. It's basically you talking, it's basically you trying to be aware of how you talk and think about yourself. Self-awareness, basically. Yeah. What was the thing that you said last, last time in the podcast, self-affirmation or something? Yeah, oh, yeah self-affirmation. self-affirmation. Oh, man, it's, like it's one of the, like, after watching that podcast, it's like, whenever, like, after I come back from a really bad sales day, like, I come back, sit down, it's like, oh, the sale didn't go well i'll always tell myself but you can do better it, it yeah. it's, it's just today yeah. tomorrow could be better yeah because recognizing those thoughts will help you Fight overcome them, off, yeah. them. Mm. but you have to the thing is that you have to find out where these um thoughts have come have rooted i remember i listened to my favorite person in when it comes to design creative the person that i aspire to be i consider my mentor is chris Doe. And he's like a therapist. He talks because you go watch his videos and you just want to know about how to price 
or how to charge for a logo and you know stuff like that and then he'll be like you can charge this much and he just says casually drops you can charge twenty thirty thousand dollars just for a logo and the lady or the guy will be like and they're just like us insecure creatives will be like i'm sorry i can charge that much and he's like yeah and then he'll just ask them like who told you you're not worth that much and then they'll it's a free therapy session he starts to break down and starts asking oh is that your mom's voice telling you you're not good enough Ooh. is that your dad's voice like that's 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 how it made wow. this is like and it's just about creativity. You just mm. want to learn about the business. And that's how I discovered his work and about all this company. You should watch it. It's called The Future. The with, Future. Yeah. It's one word, but it's future without an E. Or just Christo. Anything by Christo. D-O. Christo. Christo. Okay, I'll check yeah, it out. That is my mentor. But everything, every, almost every conversation when he talks with like a young budding creative who are they just want to learn how to raise their braids or charge better so that they yeah. can make rent, like things, or turn a profit. He'll just like he'll talk about the business side and then he goes deeper and he tries to understand their mindset and he always goes back to he always asks those kind of questions it's like how do you see yourself how much do you think you're worth and then you know they it's 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 amazing how they it it goes it starts this um, this dialogue and this conversation mm. of oh okay it's it's a much deeper issue and yeah. then you realize that's how I've realized that our self-esteem and our self-image and our self-worth that plays a huge part in success True. And like I've watched, um, I like to watch Zig Ziglar as well. And he talks a lot about success and like mindset, how to set goals. But he always comes back down to if you don't see yourself achieving success yeah. or worthy of success or you being able to get it, then, you know, it's, it's all how you see yourself, how you think about yourself and how you talk about yourself. Those affect you. So when I talk about like self-affirmation, those, that's an exercise to change your mindset and your yeah. thinking. You do it a long time enough, then you'll... You'll get used Your to mind it. starts to get used to thinking positive, positively. Positively. Yeah. So basically, <coughs> what I want to ask is that if you don't feel like you're good enough, then where is that? Where does that originate from? If I were to go deep and be 100. If you were just to be real and honest. If I were real and honest, it would be my brother. Yeah, same. Yeah. Say it again? Same. My, my dad. Yeah, what same. Is, what was the question? It's like, where is the voices coming from? Say. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So this is, anyway, so this is me. So for me, my dad loves me. My dad passed away. I lost my dad when I was 16 and I love him so much. And I know that he loves me and he, he loved my family so much. He provided for us. Uh, unfortunately for me and my dad, we didn't have the best of relationships. We we're not like best friends and, mm. you know, stuff like that. Um, I was his only son. So the thing is that my dad had expectations of me that, I just couldn't live up to. So I grew up in an environment where my dad was very critical of me. Right. So he used to criticize everything growing up, like when I was small till we lost him. And um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I don't want to paint a bad picture of my dad yeah, because yeah. he's not, you know, someone who's, he's not a bad father. He's not abusive. He's not all of that. He's not. He provided for us. He took care of us. He's a dad. He's a real, really dad. Just me and him, we just had our little issues where, not issues, he just, he just wanted the best out of me. I remember complaining about this to one of my friends, and then my friend was like, yo, you need to see it in a, you need to change your perspective, because you're telling me that it's hard because he was hard on you, he's criticizing, but the way that I see it, he just wanted the best out of you. Mm. The methods that he chose just not, wasn't right yeah, for you. Right so basically, like, I just grew up in that environment where, like, you know, the way I talk, the way I did things, the way I dressed, the way I drew, like, even those things, like, <laughs> all of that, I just grew up with constant criticism. Like, it's to a point where I can't remember my dad saying good things about me, like, or 
or if I do, it's it was hard to believe. Like it mm. was very rare at those moments. So, but I remember all the negative, like all the criticisms that Fine. my dad would say to me. I remember like he wanted me to be like an athlete and a sporty person. I'm not that. I'm a geek, a nerd, a very creative person. And that's just, we just had different personalities. But the beauty of it now is like, I see so many similarities now than when I, anyway, when I was growing up, all I saw was differences. When I became a teenager, like I just became rebellious and I just like, <laughs> I didn't want to have anything to do with my dad. Uh, the police Sorry. have arrived because Sorry. this is, no, just kidding. <laughs> They came to pick me up. Here's a stick up. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so that was just the environment that I've grown up. So that caused me to become very, I'm an introvert as well. I'm an mm. introverted person, but I'm also a very social person as well. It's a healthy introversion. We'll talk about introversion at that. Anyway, but I grew up very introverted. I became a very shy person. I was like, I used to draw, I've drawn since I was a kid, but I never used to show my drawings to anyone. I'm not mm. one of those kids like, look at what I drew. Really like, like I drew, I drew, I draw for myself. Do, yeah. I had like it's, my sketchbook and like, if you wanted to peek, like I'd hide. It's like, like, a, it's like a way to come like to keep yourself comfortable. It was like my escape and yeah, my safe yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, um, the only thing, like a lot of things that my dad and I had in common was that we were really both good at school. So academy things like those are the only things that we could bond on and our undying love for the Queensland Maroons. He will not, he will not, um, yeah, he will not no, claim that today see, because see, every the, time. The thing is, I wore this shirt because it was the only shirt I could yeah, have. But the thing is, I'm a New South Wales boy. We can trade shirts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, go back to it. Rated X. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, again, if you uh, comment in the comments down below, who will win the State of Origin this year? Maroons. Blues, time. We're getting it back. We're getting Let's it help, back. Let's roll. Anyway. Anyway. To, yeah, anyway. So in being growing up in that environment and having your only male role model be, be against you, yeah. you know, like not me be against you. What do or I say? Constantly criticizing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Constantly criticizing it. You, you get into a shell and you yeah. start to become scared of really trying to perform or trying to show express yourself exactly or try to do things and you become very fearful mm. and double thinking anxiety yeah because stress. when you're a kid all you want to do all you ever need is your parents approval, approval yes. that is it you just need their love that and their approval it. and you know when you grow older you learn things about like love languages and all of those things yeah. and how, like how you like those are like the non-verbal ways of telling people mm. that you love them but like you're a kid you don't know these yep. things you just want to play and have fun and you know, tell your, you know, let your parents give you hugs and kisses mm. and you know, all of that. I just show you affection. And when you are deprived of that as a kid, it's going to really affect you. It's going to scar you mentally when you yeah, grow up. Yeah, it is. Or if yeah. you have, even if you have, or maybe you don't have, you have really good, loving, supportive parents. But then in a school environment where teachers constantly criticize you, like those kind of things, mm. how you're growing up in the environment that you're growing in, it doesn't necessarily have to be your parents. It's just the environment and the people and the friends or... You know, even your siblings can have an effect on you and it's, they're the ones who basically that's where your your esteem your self-esteem yeah. your securities all of that starts to get you start to develop as a person and you know that's the scary thing honestly. yeah and then that's basically like we there's a lot of toxicity or they talk about toxicity and all of that all of that stems back to how you were raised and you have to look back and find where things change in order for you to really address those and to fix that anyway for me that was it so like 
growing up and becoming good at what I do and becoming good at school, like all of those things, I, I carry that chip on my shoulder. Like, I'm just not good enough. Like, mm. just because it's, I just keep hearing my dad. I used to hear my dad's voice you know, in the know, background. It's, it's a small thing your dad says that like, that, yeah. that always yeah. stops you at the back of because your head. Because like, your brain. You know, like he's, he was just someone where like, even if you did something good, there was just like something wrong. Mm. There's always something wrong. Always he picks up that one yeah, error. Exactly. That small mm. error. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's just like one of those people who's just like, oh, you draw. Like, I think your dad was a perfectionist. That he yeah, wanted I mean, I inherited it. Yeah. I'm like, it was like, he's, he's like, I can relate to that because it's like, my father's also a perfectionist yeah. and it's his way or the highway. Mm. It's like we were raised in a way where everything was set rules those boundaries we had a timetable man yeah we had a timetable wow. everyone had time to do a certain activity if you didn't do it right belt if you didn't go to school belt came anything in arms reach is what it hits Mate, me. the, the uh-huh. moment he went like this you knew we shivered we knew that yeah. oh it was coming and even if we didn't do anything wrong sometimes he would be just stressful at work he came home and I'm not saying my dad, I love my dad. He's not, he's not abusive. He's not he's abusive, like, but sometimes he picks the slightest things. Yeah. And he he punishes us for it, mate. Yeah. And he... So got, just to be clear, we don't hate our dad. We, don't hate we dad. appreciate it. We're just like... I love him. He's, we're just trying to explain why we are the way we are. Yeah. So like going back to what he did to us as kids, I totally agree with what he did, but... The way he did it, the methods he yeah. used, the method he like it was it was too much. Yeah, it was and too it, harsh. It's different. Like you can be because like when I was like a teenager into my early like twenties, like you resent. You come to the mm. point of resent when you resent your dad. But then I found out about like more about my dad's upbringing and his story, and it just totally makes sense why he wants. Because like my dad was a village boy, and yeah. he had to work his yeah, way yeah, out. You know, not only that, but like, like you see my pop, you see my pop, my pops is like. 